Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. Once a year, OSHA updates its most frequently cited OSHA standards list. The data can provide you with insight into what citations are most common in your industry and give you an idea of what you may want to evaluate within your safety program to minimize citations. Again, I will remind you, with some exceptions, such as fall protection and lockout, there is limited overlap between what is causing employee injuries and death in the workplace and OSHA compliance. So, take a balanced approach in your safety program addressing both OSHA compliance and what is leading to employee injuries. Today, however, I want to talk about the top OSHA citations in a number of common industries for federal OSHA states. The data for the most frequently cited OSHA standards list runs from October 2019 to September 2020, so there is some COVID-19 impact, which I'll explain for the applicable industries. First up on my list of industries is the construction industry. Consistent with other years, violations of the Fall Protection Standard, 1926.501, are the most common in the construction industry. It is important to remember, even if you are not in the construction industry, this standard, like all construction standards, applies in your work environment when employees are engaged in construction-like activities. So, if you have employees working in your roof, for example, they need to be protected from falling from the edge of the roof. The OSHA Construction Industry Standard for Fall Protection requires that in most circumstances, employees are protected from falling whenever they are 6 feet or more above a lower level. Fall protection may consist of a guardrail system, safety net system, or personal fall arrest system. It's important that employees are trained as required by the applicable standards and the use of fall protection must be enforced. Next up on my list is manufacturing. No change there. The control of hazardous energy or lockout, again, leads as the most cited standard. This standard is 1910.147. If you frequently listen to these podcasts, you know I cover the control of hazardous energy in podcasts 10 and 11. Simply put, OSHA requires that before an employee works on virtually any equipment that can unexpectedly start, controls must be put into place to control the potentially hazardous energy. When a piece of equipment has two or more energy sources, Each machine generally needs a written procedure developed to ensure the safe control of energy, or lockout. Employers need to ensure employees are utilizing lockout and have a process in place to conduct an annual review. The inherent problem with the control of hazardous energy is too many employers allow too many employees to not fully lockout equipment before they work on it, resulting in injuries, injuries that get reported to OSHA because they either involve amputation or hospitalization. OSHA will then inspect. Because there was an injury, it almost always means that the lockout procedures were either inadequate or not followed, both of which can result in a citation. So please review your lockout program and ensure it's being properly utilized. If you happen to work in the educational services sector, such as K-12 schools, community colleges, or four-year colleges, violations of OSHA's Permit Required Confined Space Standard, or 1910.146, were the most common. This standard requires employers to determine if their permit required confined spaces, label them, and if employees will be entering them, develop specific detailed entry and evaluation procedures with employee training before work can commence in the space. This is an extreme oversimplification of the standard because the conditions for entry, supervision, emergency communication, and retrieval are all very challenging to comply with to ensure employee safety. In addition, employee training is required, even if employees will not be entering the spaces. So, if you think you have permit-required confined spaces in your organization, Evaluate your permit-required confined space program to ensure you are in compliance and keeping employees safe. 
Now I want to talk about the Powered Industrial Truck Standard, 1910-178. This standard was the number one citation in three industries, including truck transportation, wholesale, and retail trade. The Powered Industrial Truck Standard covers a selection, maintenance, and safe use of industrial trucks, also known as forklifts. At this time, OSHA has not provided additional detail on what specific elements of the standard were most commonly violated, but generally it is the poor maintenance of equipment or that the employer has not certified that the employee has been trained and evaluated to operate the powered industrial truck. I talked about powered industrial truck training in podcasts 45 and 46. If you have employees using forklifts, make sure the trucks are in good condition, pre-shift inspections are completed, employees are operating the truck safely, and they have the necessary education and skills to safely operate a powered industrial truck. Lastly is the Respiratory Protection Standard 1910-134. This standard was the number one citation in three industries, primarily due to COVID-19 and employee complaints of inadequate respiratory protection. The industries where respiratory protection was the number one violation include the ambulatory healthcare industry, hospitals, nursing homes, and assisted living facilities. Basically, the respiratory protection standard says that if employees are required to wear respirators, which includes N95 masks, the employees must be trained, medically cleared, and fit tested. The pandemic led to problems where employees who had never needed to wear a respirator before were being required to wear respirators with no training, medical clearance, or fit testing, which led to a large number of citations. This is a good reminder that just because an organization is struggling to meet demands in the middle of a pandemic, it cannot set aside its obligations to comply with OSHA requirements. If you have employees wearing respirators in your facility, please review the OSHA requirements for respiratory protection. You can find more information about OSHA's most frequently cited standards if you visit OSHA's website, www.osha.gov, and search for the phrase, Frequently Cited OSHA Standards. One nice feature of the Frequently Cited Standards page is the ability to look at citations for individual state plan states. So if you're in a state like Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, or Tennessee, you can search for the most common OSHA citations in your industry for your specific state. No matter if you are looking for federal OSHA citations or individual state plan state citations, you can get detailed information for your industry, rather than the broad categories I have used, by using the North American Industrial Classification System codes, of which a list is available on the site. So now, take some time and evaluate the standard or standards that are most commonly cited in your industry. Have you taken steps to ensure you are meeting OSHA's expectations for compliance and are keeping employees safe? Remember, what you do for safety today can prevent an injury tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, please make time each day to create a safer workplace.